right before I left, one of the last things she told me was, oh, you know, it's, it's cool and everything, but I don't think I could ever go vegan, especially talking about animals and the environment. She's like, just one person just can't make a difference, like, you know, compared to everything that's happening. So I'm like, I'll show you. Welcome to the Vegan Manly Man Podcast. What is good, my people, and welcome back to another episode of the Vegan Manly Man podcast. I'm your host, Jake Singer, and this is the show where we talk about self-growth, plant-based living, and sharing the message of love, compassion, and peace for all beings. If you are a returning listener, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for being here again and supporting the show and supporting my mission means the world to me. And if you are a first-time listener, I want to thank you for being here. I aim to share the message of self-growth, love, compassion, peace for all beings, like I just said. But also, I interview people from the plant-based vegan community who are making big waves in advancing the credibility of the vegan lifestyle in health, in environment, and in ethical ways. So, hopefully you enjoy this show, and if you do, feel free to go back and listen to lots of other episodes before this. I have tons of amazing guests on the show, so I appreciate it, and thank you for being here. Wow. So what a weekend for me. I was in my old stomping ground of South Central Pennsylvania, specifically in the York area at um, York Harvest Veg Fest. And I was doing a speech there, which was my first time public speaking. So I was naturally scared shitless, but it actually turned out pretty good. And I was very proud of myself. I think doing this podcast here has definitely helped in the sense of being able to speak uh, when I know I'm being recorded and watched. So that was definitely a positive. But I just wanted to drop that line here because if you guys are interested in hearing that speech, just head over to my YouTube. I have that up there and watch some of my other videos as well. I think you'll be entertained. I put a lot of time and effort into those to hopefully provide some education and um, maybe some laughs too. So check out my YouTube channel. You can just search up The Vegan Manly Man or go to youtube.com slash The Vegan Manly Man TV. All right, moving on. Today, I have an amazing guest on the show. He is a vegan science YouTuber who has amassed quite a following uh, of over 300,000 subscribers. Mike the Vegan is a vegan science writer that covers a variety of topics from the health effects of a vegan diet and the environmental impact of eating animal products to the sociological phenomenon of casual animal exploitation. Based in the U.S., he regularly tackles debunking the myths that perpetuate harmful dietary and lifestyle behaviors. I met Mike the Vegan at um, Vegan Campout in the UK. He's a super insightful guy. His videos are very funny and they are also very educational. And it's great to have somebody who's debunking all these crazy claims and headlines that you hear going against the vegan diet. So if you have not watched a video from Mike the Vegan, hopefully after this episode, you will be doing that. It is definitely worth your time. So let's get right into it, guys. I hope you enjoy this episode with Mike and I will see you on the other side. Mike the Vegan, welcome to the show, man. How you doing today? Great. It's great to be here. Absolutely, brother. We met at Vegan Campout, which was a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm having the post-Vegan Campout depression already, so. <laughs> yeah, that was a really good time. Yeah, it's funny that we were both we both went back to the U.S. So we don't get any. I saw you posted about that good good London vegan food. Yeah, yeah, and that was actually at By Chloe, which they have in the states, but I've never been. Oh, I've been so, I've been in New York, and I've been there. By Chloe was pretty good. I mean, I I kind of vlogged some of my food experiences there, and 
and black by chloe was okay compared to the other ones maybe i just didn't order right there but some of the other restaurants maybe. were off the hook yeah for sure well i saw you guys went to redemption bar yeah redemption um, was redemption was pretty good only problem is like we went there super hungry and it was just uh, like kind of busy and we didn't yeah, yeah. really like it took us like 20 minutes to order i think but it was oh, really wow. good anyway yeah yeah we went for breakfast and like the portions were huge but it was just like, it was so pretty to eat like it came out i was just like oh okay i understand why this is a little bit more expensive than the other spots yeah so. i felt bad like those pancakes were literally they had like a garden of fruit and like flowers on top i'm like i feel bad taking the first bite and then yeah you yeah. just ruin the art <laughs> yeah but it's good. for sure but that's why you get the picture for the gram first you know yeah 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 i'm sorry but i did it so first of all how often do you get confused that your name is Mick? Oh, it happens. Now it probably happens like one in four people, especially though in the UK, because apparently Mick is a pretty common name or possibly yeah. even people shorten their name from Michael to, to Mick. Um, I could be wrong about that, but that's what I think someone told me. And so it it happens. I mean, I do say, hey, it's Mike. On, that's that's why I say, hey, it's Mike here at the beginning of every video, right. because it's yeah. it's kind of ambiguous. But when people read something, and they get it in their head, it's really hard to, to correct that. So it's, it's, I take some of the responsibility for having an ambiguous name, but I also grew up in the, like, I don't know, Mike is short for microphone. And I don't know, I guess I listened to yeah. enough like hip hop growing up that I would never make <laughs> the mistake. Like, yeah, I don't know. No, I get it, man. I wasn't sure at first. Well, I knew your name was Mike, but then when I saw that it was spelled MIC, then I got really confused. I was like, yeah. wait, is it Mick? So, no, I just want to throw that out there for anyone who's listening. For anyone who doesn't know you, um, well, I'm going to give an intro. They yeah. probably already, the whoever's listening to this show right now probably already listened to the intro that I gave for you. So they're going to know um, who you are. But just maybe because we're going to we're going to dive into this show um, more about your YouTube story, about how you kind of grew your channel on YouTube. Um, and I'm going to let the listeners kind of go on your channel and watch your videos if they want to actually hear more about the scientific stuff. We'll get into it a little bit today, but just give a brief little overview of, of basically what you do. So anyone who may not know you just has a basic understanding. Okay. I've kind of fallen into the niche of like health science YouTuber, though I do talk about environmental stuff and animal stuff as well. But a lot of my videos are dedicated to either talking about how uh, a vegan diet can or might be able to reverse or prevent a disease and all the research on that a lot of times like 10 to 30 studies i'll have in a video but then i'll also it seems like my job my niche has also become if something is ridiculous is said in the media or a study comes out and it's yeah. misconstrued it's my job to then try and crank out a video as fast as possible being like this is the lie that they were telling you about this or whatever this yeah. is what they got wrong so that's largely what i do you're like the the vegan uh, media vigilante. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Make a separate channel. Do it. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Let's get right into it because uh, I like to start my shows with a pretty big question um, and then we will dive into your story about how you got going on YouTube. But first of all, what is your mission statement for life? What do you want to achieve here while you're on this earth? Uh, for me, it's always from the beginning, it's always been about helping people trying to just make the generic make the world a better place <laughs> yeah <laughs> thing which it is uh kind of kind of goofy to say when i when i say it out loud but that's that's definitely my goal it's really the only thing that gives me any satisfaction is yeah. is is helping people and it's it's 100 percent verified or validated like going to that veg fest that we were at or i should say uk vegan camp out we, you yeah. know, I had people come up to me being like, oh, I've went on that diet that you talk about and, and I reversed ulcerative colitis or 
you know, I'm, I'm helping my hypothyroidism a lot and stuff. And, and so I get message like that, or, Oh, I dropped my cholesterol by a hundred points. And so it's like obvious when that happens. Okay. Well, what I'm doing is worth the time. So that's yeah. where I'm at. I don't think it's a, a cheesy thing to say yeah. to make the world a better place. I mean, yeah, it, it sounds very cliche, but you know, cliches are cliches for a reason because they're true. You know, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's such a broad and just general thing to say, I want to make the world a better place. But I mean, what else really, that's what you're doing. I mean, you're, you're individually helping people live better lives and that collectively makes the world a better place. So I would have no shame in saying that. Man, and I will sure. say I'm open about it being a selfish thing. Like it makes, it makes me feel good to help people if I oh, can. Yeah. And so I have no problem. Like I hate when people are like, Oh, you're just like, Oh, you just work for like a nonprofit. Cause you're just like trying to virtue signal and be all like, like, great. I, if people are trying to do the best possible thing so they can virtue signal, that's better than them just going and, you know, just like drinking and not working or helping anyone and just doing, you know, YOLOing it or something. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, I agree with that, man. That's awesome. Cool. Well, let's, uh, let's get into your story here. Talk about, uh, life growing up and what eventually led you to going vegan. Let's start there. Okay. Well, I grew up eating meat and dairy and eggs and fish and all that stuff, but I will say it was a little different because I didn't eat red meat. We only ate white meat for no real reason other than it was sort of, I sort of grew up in like a hippie community. I grew up uh, in a in a sort of meditation community that followed the Beatles guru, Maharishi. I call him the Beatles guru because oh, that's okay. what most people know about. Um, and so I started off with that. There's a little bit of a Hindu influence there and cows are sacred there. Not that we were really thinking about this, but it was like, okay, a little less acceptable to be eating red meat right. in terms of cows. And then people were like, oh, well, pigs are more intelligent. So somehow the line just kind of somewhat arbitrarily got laid down at red meat and so i grew up eating a lot of chicken like a lot of chicken probably chicken every day and then fish here and there and eggs and a lot of dairy they love their dairy so any you know pretty much all hindu related cultures rely on dairy a lot and they they actually and where, and where was this at this is in iowa we're in the country this is in yeah. iowa okay so that's where i grew up and so that was really interesting they have like a local dairy that's totally idolized which is funny because it's you know any male calf that's being born there is sent off to beef to die but they still they, they never mention sure. that and these people who are you know staunch vegetarians as well some of them so i grew up being the kid who actually occasionally was not super nice to people who were vegetarian like i was never mean about it but i'd make like a, a statement of like oh chicken just vegetables with legs like that's why i eat it like because that's what i was told more or less and so that's where i came from so I never really was partaking in, you know, the, the pig and cow meat aspect of that, you know, the beef part. But but then then uh, I started dating Lindy, my current fiance. We've been together for 10 years and she oh, wow. was a vegan. She's been vegan for 12 years. Wow. And she was vegan like before social media. So she would like get books sent oh, to her library <laughs> about, <laughs> about like eating plants. And so... She, we dated for a while and she eventually just handed me the China study on a road trip and I read it in a day and then just went, tried, at least tried to go vegan right there. Yeah. So that's wow. pretty much the nutshell. That's, that's powerful, man. <laughs> it's a, it's a powerful study. Uh, that's what initially got me interested in giving up meat was watching Forks Over Knives, oh, yeah, which good. is a documentary based on the China study. But I will um, say, I was this, yeah, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but just to clarify, no, go for it, it wasn't the China study like the actual epidemiological study they did it was just the all of the things in that book by colin campbell about yeah, yeah about plant-based eating yeah sorry to cut you off keep going 
just the collective work of of him putting that together. Um, no, I was just going to say, man, I was very similar to you. I I thought chicken, you know, like we're, we're just dumb birds and I didn't care and I made fun of vegetarians. And I don't know, man, it's uh, I'm very curious to know why people change at certain times in their life. Maybe I was just very open and willing to learn at that certain time and just happened to stumble across the information at the right time. So, you know, uh, one thing I tell people is, hey, you know, never say never. People can always change. Always. I've had the most staunt like meat eaters send me messages like, hey, I'm starting to drop meat or I want to go vegan. So mm-hmm. um, always believe in the power of change. Yeah, I totally agree. And this is why it also kills me when people say don't vegan shouldn't even promote the health aspect. There's a few few out there that say that like or at least unnatural vegan says it isn't a compelling argument. I also think Ginny Messina, who's a nutritionist, doesn't say that that's a good good way way to go. But <laughs> I wouldn't be here today if I didn't get that health health argument and didn't go into all yeah, the health research. And, so I mean, I don't really understand that because it's it's been proven to reverse you know heart disease and and so many other diseases and and cancers and man, there's a there's a slew of things. Like why would they say to not use that as a as a argument. Yeah. I would say it lo- just to clip, I would say it, we know it lowers cancer risk, but we don't have studies showing like full cancer. Sure, we have sure, a sure. lot of people who have reversed their cancer. Well, sure. so you can, if you can tell. Yeah, no, I, I didn't mean yeah. to say like vegan is a cure for <laughs> cancer. Yeah. Don't- cancer. You heard <laughs> yeah, it here. Whoops. You heard it from Mike the vegan. No, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. No, we, we, we don't want to put that out there, but there's been, yeah. yeah and I will add that for me, that's actually a crazy ethical thing. As somebody studying a master's in public health, the ethical aspect of letting people know that they have an option to prevent or reverse these leading killing diseases is that's that's like the fourth leg of veganism for me really yeah that's great what does that entail um you said you're studying for your master's for public health yeah i mean right now i'm i'm halfway through um i am studying i'm doing a research methods class right now so just going super deep into stuff which not to be like oh i know so much but it's definitely stuff i i already know from looking at the research for for years right. but a lot of there's some there's some good stuff in there that i i just wouldn't think of so it's it's been good and and it's it's not all the way through maybe by the end of it i'll get into more stuff that i don't know uh but in in general it's it's classes like you know human health in the environment and learning all about the history of like cholera and, and some of its infectious disease related and then just right now it's also good to, we're looking at like research ethics too which is cool to see mm, yeah yeah, that's a, that's one thing I feel like is starting to come up more. Um, I watched a video. I don't know. It might have been your video. <laughs> uh, I watched a video that was just talking about how, you know, we we can't just be taking these headlines that we see in the media at face value and like, you know, how to actually dissect the the studies and understand what they're trying to say. And um, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy right now because there's a lot of headlines coming out surrounding the vegan diet, you know, about choline and, mm. and increased risk for stroke. And like people are reading these headlines and not knowing how to read a, you know, scientific publication. And I'm guilty of it too. I don't know how to read a scientific publication. Like I try to go on PubMed or whatever, and I have no idea what they're talking about in some of the stuff. So I'm just like, <laughs> I just go down to the bottom to like the conclusion and, and try to make sense of it. So yeah. I think that's important and I'm sure you would agree that, you know, it's it's very easy to get confused with these headlines that are coming out. Yeah, it's also dangerous. I mean, a lot of people have requested like, hey, make a video of how to parse through these studies. And the reality is you do need a good amount of educational background to really tell what's going on. I mean, I could do I could do my best and be like, hey, look for these things. But it's very obvious right. and it's hard when when the study is actually, in my opinion, whether it's a study or the recent editorial we had on Colleen by Emma Derbyshire in the British Medical Journal. I believe designed from the ground up to 
kind of manipulate the public. So they come out with the first version. It says no competing interests at all, no no conflicts of interest. That's what every that's what the BBC writes the article and responding to. That's what all of the, the you know the whole media blitz is looking at. That's the information they have. The next day, oh she she's actually on the meat advisory panel. The next day, wow. oh she works for the choline supplement or she's she's you know involved with choline supplement companies and the ag industry, which is major pushing choline right now. And so it's like yeah. this is so uh, in my opinion. I don't know whether they were just trying to get away with that or whether it was designed from the ground up by by the by like the industry and her to be like, all right, we're going to try and push this, this boundary and try and get this out first or whether it was just I don't know. I mean, I don't know how how like nefarious yeah. it was from the beginning, but it worked perfectly in their favor to manipulate people into thinking it was a totally neutral editorial at first. So, yeah, that's crazy, man. I, I consider myself like a a skeptical conspiracy conspiracy theorist like uh <laughs> so like i I'll, like i want to believe in the conspiracy theories but like i'm i'm always i'm like well maybe it maybe it could happen but maybe it couldn't so when i see stuff like this i'm just like like it, man like is there really just like really shady stuff going on like that like all the time or are these like these one-off things and then but as it comes out more and more, you got to really like wonder like, man, these industries are, are really trying to take a, a blow at the growing vegan movement. I mean, I've, I've seen it time and time and again, you know, just through lawsuits, just through other things like that. So, you know, part of me really does believe that there is kind of this like almost whatever you want to call it, conspiracy or not to kind of take down this vegan movement. Yeah. And, and really imagine this, imagine if the first edition of that study with the no competing interest was the only one that ever came out. If I were to say, I think this is funded by the industry. People would be like, you are crazy. That is completely, you know, nonsense conspiracy talk. But we have the right right there in the current published ver- version. It says egg industry. It says meat advisory panel. Yeah. It says supplement stuff. This is like, oh my gosh, it's real. And it's not, I don't even think you have to go d- deep enough to call it a conspiracy in the sense that it is just business. It's just industry marketing. Sure. It's just yeah, marketing. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. It, the, it is. it does fit the structure of a conspiracy. It's a group of people getting together to try and manipulate people. <laughs> but uh, it's what pretty much all marketing teams do. They're just going, they're just maybe taking it a level further or they're doing it in a way that's, you know, against the public interest for sure. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. All right, man, let's get into um, why you started your YouTube channel. So you're full-time on YouTube. You've amassed quite a following. Um, what what was the reason why you decided to start a YouTube channel? Um, it's, it's a few things that kind of came together. First of all, I was super skeptical going vegan, so I needed all of the research possible. So I amassed all the research, did all the research for myself, and then that transferred into amassing all the research to defend my diet once I became vegan and continually researching the latest thing that someone was trying to throw at me of like, oh, you're missing this nutrient or whatever. And so I would kind of go on little spiels when someone would ask me, like, where do you get your protein? And I'd be like, well, according to this and this and this, uh, actually, you can't get enough protein. And then people would be, oh, why don't you just make a video about that and put it on YouTube? And I was like, oh, you know, I guess that'd be kind of cool. And you know, a couple people kind of said that over the four years I was a vegan before I started my YouTube channel. And oh, then, so it was four years, so wow. And yeah. yeah, and then I started thinking, oh, well, maybe I'll do it someday. Like, I'll start it someday. And then I was in Miami, and I'm sorry if someone's heard this story before because I've sold it a few times, but I was in Miami working for a water filtration company that made uh, water backpacks for the developing world startup. And I, you know, our headquarters were kind of in Miami starting out. They were shifting to Miami, and so I was staying in an Airbnb on like the 13th story of the skyscraper. And uh, I was, it was like a communal one, so it was like a mini hostel, but it was a, it was like a super nice 
building but then it was like, <laughs> it was like this, this couple created like a, a mini airbnb hostel out of this like super nice condo it was really weird oh, nice but there was a girl who was also staying there and over the t- you know i was talking to her about this stuff she'd asked me about what i was eating and all this stuff and over the two weeks that i stayed there by the last few meals she, make, she was making were fully vegan and we were talking about that and she was like you know right before i left one of the last things she told me was oh you know it's it's cool and everything but i don't think i could ever go vegan especially talking about the animals and the environment she's like just one person just can't make a difference like you know compared mm. to everything that's happening so i'm like i'll show you and so i went back and think <laughs> the startup kind of imploded on itself and uh, i had nothing to do so i just made a couple videos and with nice. with that extra motivation from her <laughs> from her nays hey man you know People talk a lot about positive motivation, but negative motivation can go a long way. Keeping a chip on your shoulder, that's motivated me a lot of times. So, you know, don't look at, don't look at negative uh, motivation in a bad way. I think it can definitely be really powerful. Yeah, I agree. And it wasn't too, it was negative motivation, but it wasn't like harsh personal attacks or anything. It was just like this, this sort of feudalistic attitude. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. All right. So, so you've been vegan how long now? Like eight years. Eight years. Yeah. So it wasn't until about four years in that all of a sudden you all right, started to get these ideas of, oh, maybe I should make a few videos. Um, so you had already been living the lifestyle for a while and already had amassed, you know, a pretty good amount of information at this point. Yeah, pretty much. And I, you know, I'd watched all like nutrition facts and read stuff and looked at studies myself. And then I just decided, fine, I'll do it. But I, it was definitely, I mean, even kind of toward the beginning of going vegan, people were like, oh, you should start a YouTube channel. And then I got kind of got the idea that I wanted to do it someday. But then I just put it yeah. off for like two whole years. Yeah. No, I understand that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I even me. tried recording videos. Like I had my really crappy laptop camera. I still have them. Oh, they're hilarious. I could like <laughs> review myself filming it. You should. Um, it's this crappy <laughs> laptop thing. Like me just up against the wall being like, this is why keto doesn't make your brain big. So, like talking, it was so funny. Just like not very well executed. Like really, it was just really funny. I should respond to it. So you didn't have any previous knowledge in videography or content creation. You kind of just went into it. Um, well, that was sort of out of laziness and lack of equipment that I did it that way. Uh, and a lot of what I was doing wrong was just the actual structure of the video. And like, I didn't have my mic, the vegan style where I'm trying to get all as much information as quickly as possible without saying like, um, or like a lot and just engaging right. people. But, uh, I had, you know, growing up, we'd made little videos and did like video editing and stuff like that before. So so you had a little bit of base of knowledge, but you know, exactly. it's just naturally grown over the years. Yeah. What was the initial response to the channel? You know, let's, okay. So you, you start putting these videos up and I'm sure at this point you're not thinking like, oh wow, like I want to grow this to be such a big thing. I'm sure you just, you know, kind of put them up to see how they would do. What was the initial response that you got? Literally nothing. Like I posted the first three videos and they got zero views pretty much. I think 10 views was kind of the average. Wow. But there was one dude on there who somehow found my videos. He was this guy named Jake from the UK, I think. And I don't know what he's been up to. I think he went, sadly, he was like an activist and he got targeted by like local farmers. And so he had to like go really down low. I don't know what's happened to him since then. Oh, wow. He like, you know, physically threatened by them. Um, But he was like, this guy, you know, I'm going to promote him everywhere. He posted my videos to like the vegan Reddit, subreddit. And then he... um, he like he messaged happy healthy vegan one of my videos and then they shared it on facebook and that's where i got my first 200 views and i was like oh my gosh <laughs> it's happening 200 views that was it that was like the, big stuff the ceiling had broken <laughs> <laughs> 
That's awesome. So were there any like YouTubers you were looking up to at the time? Like what were you trying to go for? Well, I did like Happy Healthy Vegan a lot. In fact, that video was about, <laughs> ironically enough, because I already mentioned Unnatural Vegan, which I, which is funny. Uh, she was going around saying that it was incorrect or it made veganism look bad to say that meat caused cancer. Hmm. And Ryan was saying, well, actually, I think it's okay to say that. And so I threw in five reasons meat caused cancer. And I went through all of these things like the heme iron and uh, the IGF-1 and stuff. And then, of course, a couple months later, the WHO came out. So that was actually before the WHO came out because oh, wow. meat caused cancer because of heme iron stuff. Yeah. But of course, her response was, oh, now they're going to eat more chickens. More chickens are going to die. More animals are going to die now. So it's actually a bad thing was her, her initial response. So anyway, we don't need to talk about her. But the point is that was the the sort of environment that my first like somewhat viewed video came out of. Yeah. So then did it start picking up after that or did, was it still a struggle for a while? Yeah, I think I got a couple, would get a few hundred views on each video there. And then it slowly ramped up to like, I got, I remember being at 7,000 subscribers when I met happy, healthy vegan in LA, which was cool. Cause they're exactly like they are on video. Yeah, it's always nice. Chill and they've become good friends since then. And so yeah, it was it was pretty organic growth. I think it wasn't super like getting to ten thousand was harder than getting to a hundred thousand for sure. Yeah, that's the hardest grind because you're shouting into the void. Right. No one's watching you. Yeah, you're still ironing out the kinks and stuff like that. Yeah, I think people don't realize that it's like the bottom level is the hardest, and that's why so many people quit because you're literally competing against so many people. And then as you level up, there's less competition, and exactly. you know it's it's not as much like you said. You're you're shouting to the void, and now you're actually having a voice now, and you're being heard because there's not a thousand other people screaming with you. You know, so <laughs> yeah, there is something on the other end though where there's sort of like interest burnout that happens for sure. And we can talk about that later. Cause I think you wanted to mention if I like plan on doing YouTube forever, but yeah, it's definitely, and that's why I'm always trying to present new information and not make it about me because I've seen this happen at least with so many, like, especially like attractive young female vegan vloggers mm. will come in. They'll, they'll instantly get to a hundred thousand subscribers and they won't necessarily be making a ton of novel content, but they'll be showing like their lifestyle and once you're fam once like the girl who is sort of admiring them becomes familiar enough with what they're doing, then they're just going to stop watching right. most of the time. It doesn't happen all the time. Right. So people keep going. And so that also applies to other personalities, male or female. And so people just get burnt out. Like they get kind of enamored with people initially and then they just get burnt out watching them. So that's like the, the, the problem with larger YouTubers then. So that not that that's a, <laughs> nearly as bad of a problem to have as no one's watching your channel. But uh, you can see like subscriber to view ratio a lot of times will start just crashing down. Yeah. Like, we'll have a lot of subscribers and like no views and it's, yeah, it's bad. So that's like my worst fear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's interesting. Like I, I've kind of been on and off watching YouTube over the years. Sometimes I'll get into a kick and I'll watch a, a YouTuber for like a month straight. Like, oh, I gotta get, I gotta get yeah. their video like every Shredded. single day. And then after yeah. a month goes, I'm just like, eh, I'm good. And then I'm on to the next thing. So yeah. Yeah. And I, and I guess it depends on your content too. Like for instance, if, if somebody's a, a vegan YouTuber and they're giving a lot of advice for like first time vegans, um, you know, mm -hmm. they're, they're just going to be kind of, it's just going to be a lot of turnover, you know, people are going to yeah. see their videos and then they're going to be like, Oh, I've watched a video about where I get my protein from so many times now. Like I don't want to watch your stuff anymore, but for exactly. a first time vegan, they're going to be like, Oh, this is great. So I don't know. I feel like it's such an interesting space and, and just, being at this time now where media has shifted so drastically from where it used to be. And, you know, it's, it's, I'm very curious to see how it progresses. Not only that, but yeah. how YouTubers progress, 
you know, like, are they going to go into traditional media? You know, some of the very larger ones have done, you know, Hollywood mm-hmm. film and stuff like that. So or like Netflix, like Netflix or something. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think about that? We might as well just talk about it now since we're on the topic, you know, what, yeah. what is your kind of vision? Um, as far as doing YouTube, do you want to do it forever? Like, would you like to do it forever if that was an option or do you want to expand? Um, well, there's part of me that like thinks it'd be really funny if I was just still making videos into like super old age (laughs) and the same, even if everybody stopped watching, like it would just be funny that just conceptually it's funny if I'm still making, um, it's hard to say. I mean, I do have this idea where it would be cool and who knows if it could ever happen. I'd probably need to get more things organized and together and probably even a bigger following, but doing like a six part, uh, Netflix series of like going by the biggest diseases and showing people fighting those diseases or, or overcoming those diseases. So it'd be like part one heart disease. And then it'd be, you know, talking to like Esselstyn talking about that study, but then also following people reversing it. Mm, and that yeah. would be awesome. And going through step by step and making it very much like, cause people love the like biggest loser kind of like gratification sure. or transformation. Or like the most satisfying part exactly the transformations and what the health were super satisfying i think for people to watch and so if i could sort of recreate that have all the information keep it entertaining and fun and then that would be a cool little mini series but um i'm just going to keep going and and i will say i am make trying to make content that new vegans would want to watch but then also old old vegans would want to like arm themselves with the same knowledge so it's yeah. kind of, that's kind of like where the venn diagram would of me of my videos tries to hit is those two circles of, of interest, but, um, it's hard to say, it's really hard to, uh, continually gauge interest. Like I know a lot of people like even come up to me like, Oh, I, I watched all your videos when I first went vegan. I'm like, Oh, so you don't watch my channel anymore. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but I still, I'm still like pretty happy with how many people are watching. And I like, like I could be being more sensational and getting more views, but that also is, is sort of like an energy suck right? in my opinion. And, and it also, you do that, you actually burn out faster and harder like if you focus on drama people kind of like that but then right yeah so it's it's uh it's hard it's hard to, to keep doing things that are interesting i mean i just kind of just <laughs> do what i feel like is interesting or what i get frustrated about and need to debunk so how easy is it to get like sucked up into that drama because obviously you you hit a certain point where you have eyes on you and you have other people in the community or in the anti-community i guess if you want to call it um oh, sure. you know for sure. people who are against perfect, you like perfect and they're like making videos and they're you know critiquing you and they're challenging you or they're getting personal you know like I don't like, do you try to just ignore it or is there part of you that's just like, let's go. Like I'm going to make content and just, well, I decide which ones I should and shouldn't respond to. And, uh, for example, there was a recent one that I didn't respond to. So when we were at that veg fest, I think like maybe the day we met during the day when I had pretty much zero hours of sleep, <laughs> I was walking around and John, John Venus was like, Oh, let's do an interview. And of course I'm like, I love John Venus. Of course I'm going to do an interview. So we went and, uh, I guess I was like kind of backlit and right under a fluorescent light and I just look really bad. Like it's very like all every bad part of my face is accentuated. Like yeah. my tired, like my tired eyes were, were like exaggerated. And which is funny because you actually look at the picture on Leo Venus, his brother's Instagram. And I look totally normal. It's right. just the lighting. Too. Oh, for sure. But, but of course, so I've had like at least one, like meet anti-vegan channel, make a video about me actually accusing me of being on drugs and all this stuff. And it's like, uh, I just don't need to go there and respond to this. Yeah. It's so annoying, especially cause I did like the vegan deterioration response pretty recently too, where I talk about that. 
because there was a vegan deterioration video about me. There's a vegan deterioration video about every single vegan YouTuber yeah. at this point. <laughs> or they're, or they're on steroids. They it's either deteriorating <laughs> yeah. or they're on oh, steroids. <laughs> yeah, when there's no in between. I knew, like, especially when I saw that the channel did a video on Jared Leto, I was like, oh, dude, he, like, he's known for people thinking he's 20 years younger than he yeah. is. And yet there's still, like, you still find a problem with his look. Oh, so frustrating. Or like Miley Cyrus. <laughs> like, come what? On, just shut up. Yeah, Miley Cyrus vegan, is is deteriorating on a vegan diet. Like, did you see her recent video of, of uh, like slide? I mean, I follow her on Instagram, so <laughs> she looks she looks perfect. good, man. Like, yeah, whatever. I mean, she's definitely like very fit and in shape. I mean, I don't know. People are gonna look for anything to to nitpick and just pull apart. You know, just grasping at straws. Like that's that's it, man. Like people just people are just haters. I guess that's it, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's annoying, and and it's also people going, okay, this like now that I'm a larger channel, they also know they can get some views off it. True. So like, let's 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 try and like drag the largest vegan channels, and that's like always a formula for success at this point. So. Yeah. So, all right, obviously the Happy Healthy Vegan was a nice little boost for you, but you know that was very early on. Was there anything else in particular that like streamlined your growth on the channel because you have over 300,000 followers now that's not you know that's a, that's a pretty good number um and I feel like you know going from those 200 views to this you know was that purely just organic growth and just consistency over time or was there something else that that really kind of sprung you forward well I definitely need to give credit to my I don't know it's we're calling them fans let's call them friends <laughs> all the people who shared my videos throughout the years because it was very very much just like a linear or not necessarily linear but a consistent growth it wasn't like you know occasionally i get a shout out on a channel but it was never like fully reliant on that other than happy healthy vegan initially getting me started so right. it was just you know people people did mention me and then it went up a bit and then a bit more and so it was really people consistently sharing especially things that were relevant like my, my whole goal is to make videos that were relevant enough that you would want to share mm. them especially if it's like a current event or something yeah. and go like, okay this is actually the answer to this and this is you know debunks debunks the crap out of that i did have some a few videos though that really helped so my um cowspiracy is bull video was my first troll title video it was actually an experiment and it made it up to three hundred thousand views wow. pretty quickly that was my most viewed video for a while because Cowspiracy had come out and there's a lot of people, a lot of people trying to debunk it. And so instead of just saying Cowspiracy, like, Cowspiracy <laughs> is right is about great. these things. It's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cowspiracy is bull. And so I had a lot of people coming and, and it was also just a good title because obviously bulls are cows. Yeah. Bulls are, <laughs> I, I say cows for it. Let's just admit cows is a gender neutral term for yeah, bovines yeah. at this point. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was, that was what got me there. Of course, I got a lot of angry people going, oh, he's actually talking about the good parts of Cowspiracy. Uh, so that was kind of funny and that, but that kind of got me up to the most views I got. And then like a few big, I don't want to call them like hits, but like videos that people watched more like my Z dog, what the health response as well. He was like a goofy, uh, kind of pop social media doctor criticizing what the health and then my vegan, like how your body transforms on a vegan diet. still my most viewed video to this day. Wow. Also probably really helped the channel out. So how many views does that one have? Last I checked, it was like 1.3 million, wow. but I can look right now. I mean, that must feel pretty good to know that you have something out there that you created that has over a million eyes on it. Yeah. Yeah, it is crazy. And I, I doubt everybody watched like the entire thing. Sure. I could actually look on the, uh, I can actually look on the analytics to see how many people have 
watch the whole thing. But um, yeah, it's 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 cool. I also I also definitely like to rely on monthly views as opposed to single views sure. from a thing. One point seven million views. Wow. Yeah, there you go. It's up there. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. Yeah, because I always initially when you first start YouTube, you're like, got to get that million view video yeah. all the time. Yeah. And then I kind of at one point, I just sort of gave up on that idea going like, actually, what really matters, what really keeps you going is monthly views, because that's how you can make a living doing it right. too and support yourself. Like that's once I got to a certain point in monthly views, that's how I was able to stop working part time as like a industrial designer. When, when so. did you realize this was something that you could do full time? <sighs> probably when I was getting up around 10,000, even though I know that's not that many and I wasn't getting that many views, but I was like starting to see enough, like, like I'd been making enough ad revenue to like pay for my equipment. And I just like thought, okay, you know, it's growing. So I saw like the future. Ad. I, I never actually thought that I would get much above a hundred thousand subscribers. In fact, I remember thinking, this is funny. I remember thinking like 300,000 is sort of like the upper cap for any male YouTuber. Yeah. That's vegan. And so thankfully by now, and I'm sure some of the subscribers are like functionally dead, but vegan gains and I are both over it. Maybe there's someone else that's over. There's probably some other, dude. I think uh, like John Venus and Brian Turner are both over 300. Yeah. John 000. Venus and Brian Turner yeah. are also there. Yeah. Now. So it's, that ceiling has been broken. The, the like half a million, I guess would be the next ceiling. Um, but it's also, then you start to realize it's like subscribers matter, but they don't matter as, as much as engagement, yeah. like weekly engagement, weekly view viewership is is really a better metric of like how much reach your channel has how much i don't i hate to even use the term influence but like how much good your channel is doing let's say that yeah <laughs> yeah i definitely find that interesting now um, a lot of companies are not looking at you know followers per se but if you have people that are engaging on your posts that's the most important thing man i'd rather have 10 yep. people who are actively engaging on every single thing i post and you know actually getting value of what i say than just a thousand people just scrolling stopping for half a second liking my picture and then and moving yep. on you know that's what's the i mean i guess in a in a, like a very egotistical sense it feels good initially it's like a little dopamine boost it's like oh look how many people are liking my yeah, thing or following yeah. me but at the end of the day like you think like, okay, I've just seen, seen this on my own Instagram and you know, my following has been growing, but it's, it's nowhere near what some people have. But I remember thinking like, oh, if I could just have a thousand followers, if I could just have 3000 followers, if I could just have 5,000 mm. and every single time I it hit those satisfied. marks, it's like, okay, I don't feel any different. Like, and it always yeah. relays back on, okay, what's my message? Which, what's my mission? It's, you know, to help people live a happier and healthier life, to show them the vegan lifestyle, to, you know, make change in the world. And every time I give back to someone or I get a message from someone that says like, oh, you helped me with this, that's what's rewarding. That's what I carry with me the rest of the week. Like if I get a, a picture that gets, you know, 500 likes, like that carries with me for like an hour and then it's gone. But it's those lasting, you know, feelings of fulfillment that you get from actually knowing that you're making a difference is what's going to carry you on. So, yeah, yeah, man, yep. you, get, you got to do it I for the right like reasons. The gold rush. It's like the follower gold rush of like, yeah. oh, got to get these followers. And, and it sort of sort of mirrors the whole money trap as well. People are always trying to get really rich. You know, people get once people are above um you know, a certain, it used to be 50,000. Now it's probably like 60,000 years, maybe 70,000 with inflation. I don't know, depending on where you live. Once you're above a certain income, your happiness doesn't actually increase yeah. once you've met your needs. Yeah. And so it's kind of the same with followers. Like once you get over a certain point, it doesn't necessarily make you happier. Yeah. 
I mean, you could potentially be like helping more people, but sure. Uh, at the end of like, that's why I always say like, I feel like I'm in a good place. Like I'm not trying to like aggressively grow right now. I'm just trying to like let things happen the way mm. they happen. So I, cause it actually can make you like have a worse experience if you're obsessed with like growth and numbers yeah. too much. So I would agree with that, man. Yeah. I think, and honestly, I think if you just focus on your content and providing value that it's just naturally going to grow anyway, like, people are going to yeah. see that. And you listening know? to your follower, listening to your to your viewers and their recommendations. Like 80% of my videos are recommended by people. In fact, that how your body transforms on a vegan diet wasn't even my idea. Yeah. Someone just went, oh, wouldn't it be cool if you made a video of like how your body transforms on a vegan diet? And I did, I did like change the concept to be like all the studies, like moment, like day by day. But um, they were the ones that came up with that concept. Maybe it wasn't that exact title. So that was actually a video request. So I owe that person completely yeah. for that video being created do you think that's easier for you though since you have more of a scientific and like statistical approach as compared to somebody who's more of a creative and people are trying to recommend you know basically how to create their art oh yeah that would be that would be kind of rough yeah for me it's like very um objective or subjective content a lot of the times so yeah, that's a totally different game. I mean, if someone was like, you should paint, <laughs> you should paint this. <laughs> well, sometimes that works. I don't know. I mean, it just depends on how your creative process works. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important. I think it's important to, if you're in a position where you are creating content for, you know, mass consumption and, and you are worried about your growth then yeah, I mean, to a certain extent you have to listen to what your followers or friends or whatever you want to call them uh, are saying. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, if you if you don't if you just don't care and you're like a Banksy or something and you're just like, I'm going to be anonymous uh, yeah. and screw the world like, you know, yeah, then I guess it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, but all right. Yeah. So let me ask this question. Um, and you kind of already talked about it earlier. But what's the most rewarding part of the channel? Just like direct it, maybe just like maybe in the YouTube realm, like on the platform itself. On the platform, so obviously earlier we said just hearing people, like helping people and their responses, and you said that too. But probably just like a lot of times I'm rushing to get these videos out really hard. And so when I finally press like the publish button on a video that I've been researching and cranking out and, you know, filming and editing for hours, uh, that's probably the most just like rewarding moment. Yeah. Just like, yes, it's finally out. <laughs> um and then, of course, just to, to see that the video is being like received decently well. Like, it's also really frustrating if I work really hard on a video mm. and then it gets like half or less than half as much as my normal yep. views. It's just a topic people don't care as much about, even though it's really important. Like, maybe if I make a video about like some female reproductive health thing, like endometriosis or something, which I made a video about, like, those are the videos that, you know, that will probably do fine in the long run, actually, comparable to my other videos. But right they'll just be like crashing in the beginning in terms of views. People are like, what is that? I don't care. Yeah. Um, or they'll click on it and immediately stop watching it. Cause if it's like a dude who doesn't care, like <laughs> understandably so, like I probably wouldn't necessarily be super interested in endometriosis. Right. Though I'm really, I'm really just interested in any effect that a vegan, like a vegan diet has on disease. So yeah, for sure. Well, and then like those videos like that, again, you just have to think about like, Oh, this is really going to help, you know, a handful yeah, of people. people. And like for those people, it's going to mean the world. Yeah, I've had people message me. In fact, I had a there was a girl at the UK Vegan Campo that said she saw my endometriosis video and she decided to change her diet because of that. Wow. And uh, said she's doing a lot better and she was about to get like her numbers, I think, or she's about to get like a checkup. So I was really curious to see what would happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's really amazing, man. Yeah. What's the hardest part? Uh, the hardest part? Um, 
That's a good question. I think sometimes it really is just the grind of video editing and, and that like that can just fry, especially when I'm getting up to like a video that needs like 15 plus minutes of, of like research and, and stuff and just all this, all the study, you know, like even just, I mean, every single study in there, I have to like open up and like full screen and then capture and then save as an image yeah. and then drag the image into Adobe Premiere and then put it on. And then I have to like copy and paste the quote into like title and then drag it on and like time it properly just every single time <laughs> I have to do that. And so that's probably like the most, the most like annoying part of it. And I've tried to like get people to edit my videos in the past and they've said it's like too complicated. I should probably try again. Yeah. But, uh, it'd be cool to have some help on like at least half the videos I do. I'm sure you could find someone um, who would be just as passionate about, you know, your style and what you're doing to be able to do it. Because I know a lot of big YouTubers do have teams. Like it gets to a certain point yeah. where you're like, I can't keep doing this myself. Like, I mean, I guess if you're doing it full time, it's one thing, but you know, like, Oh man, like just for me to even do a, like a one video a week and, and one podcast a week, like in addition to like me working, like I have no free time. I have no social life. It's insane. Yeah. I, I thankfully I manage it pretty well. Like I, I still get to do almost anything I want to do. Oh, <laughs> like, good, good on just, you, man. <laughs> just by trying to be really efficient and, and uh, not everything I want to do, but like, sure. I try to manage my time in a way that like if it's a if it's a Friday night, like I'm free or whatever. Yeah. Like a normal job usually. Um, unless something really important comes out. But yeah, hard annoying another annoying thing, speaking of that, like having a team. Uh obviously like the hate responses and stuff are annoying. Like one of the videos I had that was like anti me video, like a, a Mike the Vegan it's kind of Mike the Vegan sucks video. One of the comments under it, like none of the other ones triggered me of like, oh, his voice is so high and he's he looks like crap or whatever because of course they take like the worst angle or whatever. Yeah. Um, but there was a comment there saying, oh, he's definitely just like the front man of a team who's doing all the research. He probably doesn't even know how to read studies. He probably didn't make any of these visuals. He's just mm. this like pawn, this puppet for these people. And yeah. I was like, that was the only comment I responded to. And I'm like, I don't want to swear on the podcast. I don't <laughs> no, know, go for it, man. I'm this like, is, yeah, this Bitch, is. Listen up. Like, <laughs> don't, like, I was like, don't you dare misattribute all the work that I've done to, to somebody else. Cause I do all my own visuals. I do all of this stuff and the research and like all the editing. Yeah. And, and it's like, no one is telling me what to do. I'm thinking of not everything. Obviously, I'm having like people making the video requests, like that video I was talking about earlier, but. Just to just to like take away all the credit was just the most frustrating thing. Something. Yeah. And of course that comment had like a decent amount of likes too, because they're like, oh, this perfectly fits the agenda. Right. Of like <laughs> this isn't a real person and and like it's easier to hate them that way. And like, oh my God. Dude, that's so crazy. I mean, like the the, the assumptions that people make. I was uh, I'm not gonna lie, and <laughs> this is one of my like no-nos is like diving down the rabbit hole. Like I literally did like a video on it. I was like, you know, don't go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> and I was down the rabbit hole on YouTube because I was so curious and um somebody had made like like the hate that i saw like somebody had made a james aspie um channel that was called james ass p oh my like, god i'm like are you kidding Dude, me and then just seeing so like the low. comments that, like you were getting yeah. and i'm just like yeah and and people have nothing better to do with their lives and then yeah you get something like a ridiculous thing like that that you're the, the front man and then i mean that's what really yeah. hits you because they're like i've put in so much work and time yeah. to provide yeah. this but you know at the end of the day i'm a big believer of integrity just like weighing so much heavier than oh, what anyone sure. can say like i will sleep for good sure. at the end of the night just knowing that my integrity is sound yeah. so 
Yeah, I agree. And then, and it's just like pretty much every time they're reaching, I'm sure there's probably legitimate criticisms of everybody, but you know, like <laughs> did the guy making the 30 minute video talking mostly, I didn't even watch it, but apparently it was mostly about how I was on like <laughs> MDMA. Like, no, I'm not. And then, and then like just comments that are just so obviously to me and hopefully anybody who's logical, not true. Like, Oh, his teeth must be fake because they're too nice and he's a vegan. So they like, he shouldn't have teeth. Oh still. Like, like just like stuff like that is like just so insane. And, and it's just so out there and it, and it really is a minority of people who are just like probably not happy with themselves Yeah, yeah. and uh, are probably triggered by the idea that people are, are just doing really well yeah. on a vegan diet or are stronger than them or, or just more whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. That's a good, like, that's a good way to look at it, man. Actually, you know, I, I got to remind myself of that sometimes is, is when people are kind of um, outlashing, I guess, if you want to call it like this, generally speaking, yeah, they are, they're unhappy in some way in their life. And not to mention just the online culture, like nobody will come up to you and say that to your face. I mean, it is just completely guarded by a screen and a keyboard. Like, so, you know, you have to wonder, like, we all have crazy random thoughts that come pop up into our head that we know logically we would never say. But now I feel like there is this platform where we're so guarded and protected that we can just say those crazy thoughts. But at the same time, again, I, I do believe that they stem from a place of, of suffering in some way. You know, if you if you encounter someone on the street who's just not happy and miserable, you know, it sucks that you have to deal with them like taking it on you. But at the same time, you got to almost feel bad for them and be like, wow, like yeah, I'm sorry your life is suffering. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. A lot of it, a lot of it definitely is coming from that place. And that's just your general internet troll. It's like, yeah. they're not feeling great about something. And so they're just shredding it. It isn't, it is interesting on the other side though, of like vegans going hard on people. Cause I just did a, a recent video of, uh, me reacting to the day, a day in the life of a dairy man, which is this guy who's like 10th generation dairy man. He has a channel and one of his videos, I think I was just like, okay, here's a video that keeps getting requested to me. I'm going to respond to it. It's like 300,000 views. And so I just responded to him very clearly. Like I was trying to be very respectful of, of, you know, like just like blue collar workers in general. And and just like, I was, I believe that I was very, very respectful of like the person who was farming then obviously focusing on how it was, you know, a factory farm and all the things that are messed up about it at the dairy industry in general. And then I get a message from the guy the next day being like, Hey, I, I saw all these like horrible, nasty comments on my channel. And then I realized it's cause he made a video yeah. and he even said like, I went to the video expecting you to be really mean and you weren't. And so he was like, what's going on? And so I had to pin a comment of, like, please don't threaten like people. Right. Like, yeah. like, I don't know what the comments were, but like, like vegans can also get like, oh. and, sort of, and, and I think it's coming from a different place though, where it's like, you know, if there was a dog on the street and someone was just hitting that dog with like a, a stick or something yeah. like a club, you would be like yelling at the person who was doing that. And so that is where vegans are coming from. Like that point of like, sure. you're, you know, you're, you know, these cows and the guy was like, Oh, the cows are happy. But it's like, dude, these cows are like not in the sunlight ever. They don't walk on grass. They walk on concrete and metal. Like you might feel like they're, they're okay. But, but like anybody who's looking at it from the outside knows that like cows aren't meant to live like that. <laughs> and uh, so people, had the same feeling as if they were kind of like being hit over the head with a dog, like the dog. Yeah. Being hit, you know, being beaten. And, and, and obviously there's still like the stuff of like taking the, the baby calves away and, and things like that. And so, yeah, this, there's a good reason to be angry. And so it's like, where do you, where do you draw the line? Like what's an appropriate vegan response to people? Right. 
it's really tough right now. We have to walk a very thin line of, of yeah. having an emotional response and having a pragmatic, you know, what's going to make this end response. And um, a lot of people don't do a good job of balancing it, that's for sure. So um, luckily the numbers are growing, so we have more people having, you know, pragmatic responses to it, but slowly but surely. Why don't you walk uh, walk me through a typical kind of process or um, of day of making a video and, and kind of what that entails. Okay. Well, I'll explain what's going to happen today. So the last couple of days I've been doing like light research on, <laughs> well, it started all back up. So it started with, uh, someone sent me, two people sent me this meme uh, by a carnivore person about how little the actual emissions are from livestock in the US. And I was like, ah, this looks like I've seen this figure before, you know, the beef industry uses it. It just seems wrong to me. Like it was mm-hmm. 3% of total emissions and and we're talking 145 to 18% plus for the world. So why is the US so much lower? This seems wrong. So I started actually going through the data and and totaling up different animal products and uh, basically looking at what we eat as a nation, totaling it up, looking at the carbon footprint per, you know, chicken, you know, for chicken, for eggs, for lamb, for beef, totaling it all up. And of course, I just had the thought, I'm like, man, obviously beef is really high. I wonder what it would be like if we applied the carnivore diet to to the whole US and what our emissions would be. And so the video I'm making today is a really short one, actually, just on what it's actually going to be. And it will probably be out by the time this podcast is out. I don't know. Uh, of if, if the US went carnivore, we could double our US emissions, our emissions in the US. Roughly, that'll be the title. And because that's, that's the reality of the situation, just looking at what these people eat the going recommendation is two to four pounds of steak a day wow and so we're talking and if you just look at conservative normal widely accepted figures for the carbon emissions per pound of these foods it actually like we're at 6400 million metric tons of the total us uh and we're getting up to if people ate the four pounds a day on average which is yeah on the higher end but there's food waste and stuff like that we would legitimately go to 210 percent of all current emissions wow which is insane that's, that's and so, insane and i guess yeah, these people so, don't believe in, in climate change or do they just not believe in emissions from meat well they'll say they'll probably just latch on to alan saver and be like cows will save the world but i have a whole videos on that but it's just completely insane uh that's another topic but so what, what i did is i researched the last couple of days um i refined the outline of my video so i have an outline with like what all the points i want and then i'll go and i'll sit down and film it since this one is short Thankfully, I think it's gonna be like a five minute video. Thankfully, I'll just be able to sit down and film it like right after this. It'll probably take me like less than an hour to film and then probably two hours to edit because it's just so much shorter. But most videos that are up to 15 minutes, they can take like, (laughs) oh, the worst one I had recently was my US dietary guidelines video where that took the four hour long like public hearing session and distilled it into like a 25 minute video. I actually edited it for 13 hours straight wow. that day. I had a brief, a brief uh, like meal break, but that was it. So I, a video like this, thankfully I'll be able to crank out in like a couple days of light research and then a day of like an afternoon of ed- filming and editing Yeah, because it's short. But a lot of times it's like full, at least a full day of focus. Yeah. So typically maybe like a couple days of research and then like a full day of, of filming and editing and, and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I, I usually say like four to 12 hours of editing, depending on just the intensity of the video yeah. and, and how long it is. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like 
I'm doing actually my vlog from the from the camp out and just trying to make like um, aesthetically pleasing visuals and transitions. Oh, like gosh. one minute yeah. of footage takes me like four hours to edit and like oh gosh and then like yeah. when I get to the end and then like I watch it back and then it ends so quick I'm just like that was it <laughs> like I just put <laughs> oh, in so rough. much work yeah but I need to edit that video too actually I should actually be focusing on starting to edit that video before yeah. people don't even care anymore because I have yeah I filmed like our whole UK trip yeah luckily I had a video a topic video with Leo that was an easier edit that I got out this week so I'll be able to have That's it out sweet. for next week but yeah man it's it's a lot of work so definitely uh, I commend you you do this full time so I know how hard it is so um, yeah. Well, I wouldn't say that's a funny thing. I actually wouldn't say I do it full time because I'm studying my master in public health and building the tiny True. house. So I do it as much as I can't like can. Yeah. But that's a, for me, it's, it's necessary to not burn out because if every day I woke up and I was focusing on, you know, drilling in the research and and all that stuff, like I need to get a video out now, now, now like that. I would go insane. I would have stopped making videos a year ago, probably. So. Yeah. yeah. So what's the first step if somebody's listening to this and they're a vegan or they're passionate about anything really and they want to start making a YouTube channel to have a voice? What's your advice uh, for them? Um, the first thing is definitely think about what your niche would be. A lot of people go on just copying people. And obviously, whoever you are, you're a unique person. So you have something unique to bring. But then it's also good to look at like, okay, what's missing on, on YouTube? And for me, it was... <laughs> When I went on, nobody was making any scientifically backed claims at all in the vegan community online. It was just, just sort of like feelings behind. I don't know. Actually, that's that's not correct. They were just making claims without linking any research or any research yeah. at all. Things that you would need research for. And so I went, okay, I got to get, I got to get the science in there. And so maybe there's something that you do that's unique that would be cool. And then in addition to that, I would also say just like be yourself for sure because people definitely like coming back to a real person <laughs> and, <Right. laughs> and like having fun with it like just keep having fun with it because if you don't have fun with it then people aren't going to want to watch it That's yeah yeah definitely don't try to copy someone else i've watched a couple like just randomly scrolling and like picking up some people's videos and i can tell that they're like trying to copy someone and it's just like it's super cringy mm -hmm. you know just be your be yourself have your own personality like you know everyone's unique and that's what that's what gets people to follow people is because we're all unique and we all have a, a certain way of doing things that, you know, people are going to attract to. So, yeah. And then my final thing is like, I actually filmed my first video ever. And Lindy, once again, my partner was like, Oh, this is crap. Like you're repeating yourself. You're saying, um, and like way too much. And I just would click off this because it's just not, <laughs> it's just not well made. Yeah. And I deleted that video and I refilmed it. And that was the first video that I ever posted on my channel. And that did completely determine my style of doing it. So it also helps to always be thinking about, I hate to say it, but the YouTube attention span, because if you don't meet the YouTube attention span, in most cases, sometimes, sometimes there are exceptions. Like who would have thought like building random huts in the woods with no audio would get 63 million <laughs> views? Well, it did. So, but still there's a level of fascination there. So you have to, you have to keep it, keep it. Going. Yeah. Is that from your, your tiny house channel? Oh no, that's, um, this channel, uh, primitive technology i think oh, okay they have a video yeah. building like how to build a hut in the woods 63 million views and they just have like nature it's just the nature noises the noises of this guy doing it he doesn't say anything i think you can turn on captions and it explains it but it's literally yeah. just that 63 it's like million. the uh asmr i think it's called yeah right have you heard of that yeah oh of course yeah yeah i used to listen to a lot of asmr but then i kind of really? got burnt out on it yeah 
My girlfriend, she keeps trying to convince me to do an ASMR podcast. I'm like, huh. why don't you start your own podcast and do that? Because I don't know. <laughs> I don't huh. think I'm about it. <laughs> yeah, it's weird to be like a creator of ASMR if you're not really that like into it too. But I would say yeah. ASMR is something that's like, it's as wide as as diet, honestly, in the sense that there's probably ASMR that you're going to hate. And then there's some ASMR out there that you would really like. Yeah. Just, most people just hear like, somebody doing like mouth sounds and they're like, this is not for me. <laughs> never listen to <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Yeah. We're going to, uh, we're going to end here on a segment. Um, so I'm just calling this myth or fact nice. for the pure fact of me not having a better name. <laughs> so, hmm. um, but yeah, just, uh, simply answer myth or fact and then uh, give a little explanation why. Oh. All right. You ready to go? Yeah. Just do it. Let's do it. Myth or fact. Uh, number one, non heme iron in plants is not as absorbable as heme iron in meat. Ooh, see that one isn't necessarily myth or fact possible because it's it's conditional, right? So heme iron, if you were to just take one single plant with the same amount of iron as meat, it would be more absorbable to eat the meat. But if you combine vitamin C with uh, plant iron, then it can become more absorbable than the meat iron in general. So it depends. It's how you, if you mix foods, foods that we we do often mix together, create super bioavailable iron for plants. But <laughs> keep in mind that iron in animals is heme iron, which is carcin. You know, part of the reason that red meat is probable carcinogen. There you go. So I guess plausible for that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Myth or fact, neither. <laughs> neither. <laughs> yeah. Well, great job, Jake. <laughs> really made a good segment here. <laughs> no, that's just all right. Not- uh, let's go to number two. Uh, vegetables contain anti-nutrients and therefore can damage health. Ooh, man, I, I would almost go as far as to say that's another one that's conditional. So you're talking about things like phytates, which just soaking gets rid of them. Yeah. I would say it's very rare that anti-nutrients would damage your health. If you eat raw kidney beans, that can damage your health, but that's not part of the diet. We do not include raw kidney beans in our, in our diet. But if you're eating cooked kidney beans, you don't have a problem. And in fact, a lot of these anti, quote anti-nutrients, which you know, you're know you you're talking about whether they can damage your health, they're actually a lot of them are anti-cancer. So they're definitely, that's definitely not the case. Uh, obviously across the board, you know, like the more plants that people eat, the healthier they are. Legumes are the number one dietary predictor of elderly survival. And they have phytates in them naturally, but that we soak them around the world. So it's it can be, you know, limiting in nutrients if they're not prepared properly. But yeah, that's so don't that's just go point. around eating raw beans. Yeah, don't eat raw beans, soak things, combine foods. Again, it, I, I'm pretty sure that absorbability um has a little bit to do in certain cases, like iron and zinc can be are are limited a little by those anti-nutrients. But when you add onion or garlic, for example, they become way more absorbable. Like if you have grains, like brown rice, they'll become more absorbable by combining. So there you go. All right. Well, another, I guess, uh, I don't know what's called that one. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I, I guess a myth, a myth in, in certain, uh, realms, I guess. Yeah. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Nuance. All right. There you go. Uh, number three, you are descended from Vikings. Ooh, uh, that is technically fact, but only I'm only 2% like Norse. I am largely, well, if uh, it's hard to say because there's Viking in, in like, uh, English ancestry, like British Isles. I'm like 30%, am I 30%? Maybe like 20% that, which is partially Viking, but most of me not 
I'm wow. not like I'm as probably as native South American as I am Viking. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Well, you got the you got the tall, tall body and the and the red beard for it. So, yeah, which is funny because a lot of people don't realize that I'm on the taller side. They just assume that I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing uh, Leo Vina said when he met you. He was just <laughs> yeah. like, I expect you to be short. I'm just like, really? It's because I, I don't try I... and use my manly voice too much. <laughs> nice yeah because apparently your voice is high so yeah my voice is high i i just tried i don't know i i just grew up talking that way i don't know like i could yeah, i could use I mean, my lower I, register more i just don't that's that's such a just i, I don't even want to get into it that's just such a terrible yeah. comment someone like yeah i'm sorry my genetics made my voice high like <laughs> yeah what are you gonna do about it all right um <laughs> number four vegans have a lower bone density than non-vegans and are at risk of fracture <laughs> Definitely not at risk of fracture. I think my the study I usually go to on this is uh, some older women who were Buddhist that did not have lower bone density on a vegan diet. Um, I do I do think this is a, a area where I would like to see more study. I would say false in the most important part that they're at risk of fracture. Um, you can probably find different populations with different bone densities, so it's hard to just say vegans in general. Yeah. Again, we just need nuance. This is why it's hard to just like yeah. convey anything because there's usually nuance. But it's just clear there isn't like an epidemic of fracture in, sure. the, in the V. Like people break bones, it happens, but there isn't like like vegans aren't just like cracking in half all the time. <laughs> and yeah. yeah. I feel like that's what most people like who are anti-vegan are thinking. Just like the vegans are just snapping in half and yeah. deteriorating. And it's like a convenient feels feels argument of like they feel like vegans should be snapping in half. So they are. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And also another another tip is uh, you can increase your your bone density by doing resistance lift, training. Lift weights, yes, yes, absolutely. yeah. It's, it's called it's called Wolf's Law. Um, look it up if you want to know more about it. But or just hit that. yourself with rocks over yeah, and over again in different parts of your body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, number five. I don't even want to say this one, but I had to throw it in there. Do it. Hit me up. All right, number five. The Earth is flat. Myth. Nice. Thank you. I was, <laughs> I was genuinely concerned for a second. Cause no, I'm like, you no, know no. what? I mean, he seems like a very reasonable guy, but huh. you never know. I like, actually debated Tim Sheaf on this. It's on, it's on some like deep, deeply lost footage. There's a girl <laughs> out there who has it. She might release it at some point of me debating Tim shirt, Tim Sheaf on that. It's pretty funny. Oh, Tim Sheaf is totally right, man. Sun gazing, <laughs> drinking pee. What do you mean? Yeah. yeah. All right. We, we won't get into that. <laughs> uh, number six, vegans need to supplement with omega threes due to low conversion rates from food sources. Dude, you're hitting me with all the nuance. So if you're eating a junk food vegan diet, absolutely. You, you want to be taking DHA, but there's a good argument that if you're eating a whole food, uh, vegan diet with a good omega ratio, like ALA, decent amount of ALA, you're going to be okay. Uh, I would again, like to see more studies before, me saying before i say like you would you should never take dha we don't need to worry about it uh it's an insurance policy to take dha yeah. because the more omega-6s you eat the worse your ratio is the worse you are at converting and so in our unnatural state of like downing certain uh vegetable oils like sunflower oil safflower oil uh etc that are high omega-6 uh you're not you're not going to be converting enough and so the general vegan rule should really be like include some DHA supplementation somewhere in your diet. I think that's my opinion. It's not, you know, the doctors are, there are doctors that say the same thing, but that I go off their recommendation, but down deep down I, it, from the, from the data, it seems that if you're eating a whole food vegan diet with like a good source of, you know, omegas from flax, et cetera, you should be okay. There you go. <clears throat> Well done, man. These are all a test, you know, to see if you were going to stick to your <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well done. All right, let's go on to number seven. 
is Frank Tufano secretly Dracula? Ooh, I don't know if I want to give him that much credit for being full on Dracula. So I'm going to say false. I could say he's like a Dracula enthusiast. (laughs) But if they're like really like, let's be honest about this. If some of these like standard movie or like cultural villains had a diet, it would be the carnivore diet. I'm sorry. It's just so obvious. So, yeah, I mean, it's in that sense that, yeah, it's like (laughs) people forming their lives around like eating as many animals as possible and like or basing their whole diet around animals and then promoting it to try and get as many people to eat as many dead animals as possible. Like that's like what a villain would do. So uh, there's validity to that. Not going to give the credit, but there's validity. Yeah. And this is something I just, I actually didn't know the carnivore diet was, was a thing until, um, I think I heard, uh, John and Leo, talking about it at vegan <laughs> camp out they oh, mentioned this guy's name funny. and yeah. and i just i mean like i think i knew that like some people like whatever eat raw meat but i thought they were just like a yeah. one-off and now like yeah. i'm diving into like i'm on youtube i'm like what is this and these people have actual followings yeah it's nuts yeah it's nuts i mean like jordan peterson eating all meat diets like so <sighs> i don't know if he legitimately eats an all meat diet though or he eats like a mostly meat yeah no regardless it's just i don't know yeah um all right let's go to the last one Number eight, YouTubers make a ton of money. And I guess this is, you know, relative to certain I'm statistics. Say but if, if you were to just put the, if you were to just average the YouTuber income, definitely not high. There are obviously YouTubers that make a ton of money. Um, so once again, we're hitting the nuance. Um, but <laughs> none of, yeah, none uh, of these were clear and dry. <laughs> yeah. I will say though, like I could definitely make more money if I like, Right now, I can open up my inbox. Right, I'm looking at my inbox right now and seeing several, like quote unquote, collaborations with various companies that I'm just gonna say no to. Like, I don't want to be putting too many of those in my videos, and I don't want to just be feeling like I'm selling things all the time. So, like, yeah. thankfully, I've been able to rely on ad revenue, ebook stuff, and then um, Patreon. Thanks so much to everybody that contributes to that. So I don't need to be like desperately doing this. I am, you know, I do have like occasionally a partnership, like I partnered with Thrive and I'm probably going to be, I've got another partnership that I think is pretty cool that I'm going to be doing soon. It's a fully uh, vegan one. So yeah, cool. very rare, like one in, I'm pushing like one in 10 videos of promotion. So like I'm regularly turning down money for you guys. So there you you're go. welcome. Wow. <laughs> Heard it here first. Yeah. All right, Mike. Hey, man, it's been a pleasure. Why don't you drop your socials? Where can people follow you at? Anything slash Mike the Vegan, <laughs> except Twitter, because I just, that's too many, too many social medias for me. Instagram.com slash Mike the Vegan, Facebook.com slash Mike the Vegan, and, and YouTube.com slash Mike the Vegan. And that's Mike the Vegan, MIC. Yep. There you go. Yeah. MIC the Vegan. Cool. Hey, man, thanks so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. I had yeah, fun today. Appreciate the good conversation. Love the questions. And yeah, I'll, uh, I'll watch. I'll try and watch some more of your videos. And yeah, we got to we'll have to uh, watch each other's vegan camp out videos and just yeah, when they come out and, uh, and try to get out of this, the editing this. Po- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> try to come out of this post uh, camp out depression. So. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for listening to the end. Yeah, absolutely. If you guys are still here, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. See you on the next episode. Talk soon, man. Later. Okay. Bye. Guys, you did it. Welcome to the other side. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for still being here. 
If you enjoyed the content of this show, don't forget to please leave me a rating and review on iTunes and share this show with a family member or a friend. Somebody you think would also find value in this content. If you guys want to stay up to date with me and what I'm doing, head to my website, www.theveganmanlyman.com and sign up for my newsletter for a chance to win some awesome prizes, giveaways, and just stay in the know. My name is Jake Singer, and this is the Vegan Manly Man Podcast.